Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. You can get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com slash hidden, H-I-D-D-E-N. Audible has over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. So, no strings attached. We're giving you a free book. You've heard us talk about how much we love Audible. Go give them a shot. And once again, promo code HIDDEN for audibletrial.com slash hidden. As always, we are sponsored by Illuminatus. Their pre-rolls are made like no other pre-roll out there. And they come in a sativa and indica blend, offering a discreet and satisfying experience every single time. Illuminatus products are always guaranteed to meet all government testing standards. So check them out at IlluminatusBrand.com and on Instagram at Team underscore Illuminatus. This one is the OG. Columbine is numero uno. I mean, in... I, I guess you could say in uh, in my life's timeline, this would be the event that like got me into true crime spree killing type shit. This was like the first major one I remember happening. Um, and shit going like the news and them playing me Marilyn Manson, like all that shit. This I mean, was the first one I actually remember. It's definitely more pertinent to our generation only because school shootings were a real thing. For us, that didn't happen before this shit. Yeah, at least I'm, regularly. I mean, it it did happen, but pretty much occasionally. Pretty much every school shooting after Columbine, if the shooter wrote a manifesto, they name check Eric and Dylan. I mean, I'd even go so far as to say almost any mass shooter, not even just school shooter. Yeah, these uh, they kind of were the architects of the modern day. I mean, what do they call it? Stochastic terrorism. I mean, like James Holmes is just those kids if they'd made it to college. Yeah, dyed their hair. He was like the SoundCloud rapper version of of Columbine. He's fucking. What happens if like dyed Riff, hair on Percocet? If, if Riff Raff had gotten a PhD and shot up a Batman movie, but yeah, this is this is like the first major uh, true crime event. I well, North Hollywood shootout would be number one, but that's only because we were like. We could hear it down the street. Yeah. But uh, in terms of uh, nationwide impact, Columbine holds a, a special place in my heart. Yeah, although it really never actually changed much. It just it just was a story. We got a snarky Michael uh, Moore movie out of it. We it, got Bowling for Columbine. It took, yeah, and look how much that did. It, uh, it changed everything. There hasn't been yeah. a school shooting since. The only thing that actually got some shit done was after Parkland, but that's because those child actors were put on CNN. <laughs> now, I had asked you about this the other week because we almost recorded this episode last week. We had, a year after the shooting, we had a choir attend our school, our middle school in Los Angeles. Yeah, I couldn't remember this. And I, I've been trying to get in touch with people or reach out to figure out who the fuck it could have been. It was a Columbine-associated choir. And they came to, I don't know, sing about school shootings or something. But I just remember 
seeing a teacher get so fucking mad at a kid because the kid was laughing at him because they were, I mean, it was fucking gay. They they came to fucking sing about God. Please give us money. Yeah, like, you're all, all your friends are dead and you're singing, my God is an awesome God. Like, maybe uh, he gets downgraded from awesome. Pull the trigger and shoot them all. <laughs> yeah, Pull like, the trigger and shoot them all. So, of course, the kid, it, like, everyone was making fun of him. And then the teacher was like, do you know what they've been through? It's like, do, do you know what I just went through? I just had to listen to a bunch of kids try and fucking sing their dead friends back to life. I also checked the fucking shit. I also checked the, you know what they've been through. And I go, well, where were they when the shooting happened? Yeah. What part of the school were they? Were they at home? Cause not to criticize some of the fine Parkland children, but like they weren't even near the shooting stolen valor. Yeah. It's yeah. like that nine eleven lady who said, who like had the, the victims group. It turns out she was in Spain or some shit at the time it happened. Yeah. I mean, now, those kids, I still think, are actually getting rather effective, but there were no stars from this generation. The stars of this were the shooter. That's the difference. The stars now are becoming the victims, not, which, the, ki- not the shooter. Which is sort of fitting, because they really were inspired by uh, natural-born killers, which I tried to watch and it's, got through yeah, I told you, an it's hour. A, it's a shitty movie. It fucking sucks. Like, yeah. keep your artistic... That's how you just bullshit away from me. I don't. That's how you know these people had a problem was because they liked that movie. <laughs> yeah, it, that it fucking sucks. That was a warning sign number one. I guess with that being said, so ninety percent of the info for this episode is going to come from Dave Cullen's book Columbine and Wikipedia. And to cut shit off at the pass, I know a lot of people have issues with Dave Cullen's book. Um. And I agree. He the biggest of the issues is he kind of makes it seem like Dylan was just a lost puppy dog who happened to attach himself to Eric and participate yeah. in the shooting. The useful idiot. Yeah, he he kind of absolves Dylan of guilt, which of course I disagree with. And now, Dylan isn't that interesting, so I get why he did it. Yeah, and then there were some other basic mistakes in the original uh, printings of the book. So, with that said, the book does start, it starts with like five straight retractions. Like, the first chapter is just <laughs> retractions up until now. Well, it's the only um, way you cannot get sued. And one being that... Dave Cullen, in previous editions, had said Eric Harris just did all kinds of fucking. Like, he was just fucking chicks constantly. The quote in the book... He got so much pussy. Pretty much. unbelievable. Well, so it turns out the the girl whose statement he had based that on, she kind of retracted later. But, so he... In the opening of the book, he says that statement was wrong, and then immediately goes into a quote where he says, Eric fucked more chicks than the captain of the football team. How did he verify that fact? So No, I did the research, Your Honor. I asked each and every one of those girls who fucked them. Did did he fuck you? Did, now, he, did he fuck you? Yes or no? Have Check you the fucked box. A, the captain of the football team, B, the loser who's going to shoot the school up, or C, none of the above? Now, maybe the captain of the football team was a fucking virgin or every, something. Oh, he maybe, was maybe like, he it just, was Tim Tebow? Yeah, he just he was super religious and didn't fuck. He just the other kid won by default. So, uh, 
obviously Eric didn't do a lot of fucking. He likely died in virgin, uh, virgin. And but, in fact, he had a list for the shooting titled shit to do. And one of the boxes on the list of shit to do that uh, remained unchecked said, get laid. Fuck. We should have fucked. <laughs> yeah. He had the, we should have fuck a box and it uh, remained unchecked. It said uh, no fuck yet. So that, uh, that was Dave's sort of uh, first big whoopsie is uh, he, Throughout the book, he tries to paint the narrative that these guys really weren't bullied and, and they were, you know, normal kids who... They were just normal children who went awry. So, uh, with the exception of the fucking and uh, some uh, psychoanalysis that's a bit iffy, I, I still find the book to be a solid source. It's pretty thorough. So let's... Fuck. Let's just uh, jump into it. So, it was... Originally supposed to be a bombing, um, but they fucked up all their bombs. Uh, maybe because the anarchist cookbook is a psyop, or more likely it's because they saved the assembly of the bombs until literally the morning of. It's not like bombs are that easy to make. I don't know why everybody thinks they're so easy to make. Which is funny, because Eric had bragged in his... Uh, diary about how he had like found all the recipes and shit but the thing was he could he was like building firecrackers essentially and those worked every big bomb he tried to build failed and then he tried to figure out how to build or uh, make napalm and that didn't work either so he tried to like recruit some other kid to help him and that didn't work but yeah they they bought the propane tanks for the bombs the morning of the bombing which not to give tips to school shooters, but may, uh, plan it out ahead of time. Well, they did so much pre-planning. It's just a shame they left. They let something slip through the the cracks because that's an obvious one to cover your bases on. Yeah, and that was the uh, so the other thing is the the attack occurred on four twenty. Fucking blaze it, bro! Um, a lot of people say that was because they it's Hitler's birthday or whatever, but the. The truth is much lamer. It's just they they couldn't get ammo. They wanted to do on the 19th, but they couldn't get ammo until later. They didn't want to ruin the holiday. Well, they wanted to do on the 19th because 19th is uh, the anniversary of Waco and uh, Tim McVeigh. So they, they wanted to pay homage to to them and not uh, not so much Hitler. I don't know what they're getting out of Waco in this. That was just a bunch of delusional Christians getting lit up by the FBI. I guess they saw as people like fighting a man. <laughs> they they were. I guess, I suppose. But wasn't that one kid like a devout atheist? What, uh, Eric and Dylan? Yeah, yeah, they're yeah pretty. So like, what do you have in common with Waco? I don't know. They're fucking idiots. Yeah, these like, kids are dumb. Not... <laughs> these kids are fucking dumb. And they are in, fucking dumb. In hindsight, that is. Like, when you go through and read their diary, you do... We need to let the children vote at 16. <laughs> you do start to remember that they were they were fucking kids when they did this. They, they did this when they were way too young to have really formed a proper worldview. And... Yeah, there's no, there's no geniuses here. So, uh, back to the, the uh, plan here. So, the boys planted two duffel bag bombs, the ones with the propane shit, in the cafeteria... And they were set to blow up at 1117. 
which seems like an oddly precise time. But the the reason they picked that time is Eric and Dylan sat in the cafeteria and they just sort of like took note of how many people are in the cafeteria. And the highest traffic time was 1117. So they had to actually sit there and count that out. They went to school there for three fucking years and couldn't (laughs) figure out when the busiest time at lunch was. Well, they wanted to have it down to the minute. Yeah, so, as if it's the same minute every day. I think they only did it one day. So much detail, yet so many details missed. There's uh, there's a lot of them having overconfidence in their own abilities. Yeah, that goes on throughout yeah, this whole sort of some, thing. There's some real super villain delusion going on. Yeah, there's some what they consider to be clever ideas. They're just kind of fucking retarded. Um, so obviously the the bombs didn't go off, which was a bit of a problem because what the boys' plan was is they wanted the bombs to go off and then they were going to wait in the parking lot. Everyone was going to come running out and they were going to fucking start gunning them down. You think their science teacher was like, man, thank God I fucking suck at this job. (laughs) I I think the science teacher is actually the one teacher who died. (laughs) Because he sucked at his job. Yeah. A lot more would have died if he was better at his job, though. You know what? Wouldn't have, how people wouldn't have died if he'd had a gun. We should be arming the teachers. All of them. He could have killed those children, or he could have joined in the rampage. <laughs> Either or. I, I, has that ever happened? Has someone else just fucking like jumped in and been like, "Hey, no. can I get in on this?" I don't think anybody's ever been armed enough, but I can see that being an argument that no one ever considers. What if one of those teachers has a vendetta himself? And or herself and decides to fucking just, all right, boys, let's do this. I like that you are politically correct and included women in the possibility of this. Guns are the great equalizer. They can kill anything with anyone. So where was I? Uh, Yeah, so they wanted to, like, hang out in the parking lot, shoot the people, escape the bombs. Bombs don't go off. And now they're kind of like, fuck. Because once again, they had higher opinions of themselves. They didn't really anticipate the plan not working. Nobody has a fail safe. So Nobody now they got to fail safe. So now at eleven nineteen is when the shooting starts. So the boys are outside. They start walking inside. Dylan Klebold tosses a pipe bomb, and they start shooting at some of the kids who are on the grass. It was just a pipe with the word bomb written on it. <laughs> it those actually worked. So that that is the one thing right. we can give them credit for. Their pipe bombs worked. They didn't kill anyone with their pipe bombs, but the pipe bombs exploded. Okay, I mean, that's something. They did absolutely no damage, but they did explode. That's like the easiest explosive you can make. You're just shoving, like, gunpowder in a fucking pipe. So this is uh, one of those points where, in the book, the author is kind of trying to make it seem like Dylan didn't really want to do this. Uh, it mentions when, during the shooting, when Dylan was uh, separated from Eric, he seemed reluctant to fire his weapon. He had a tepid response to murdering his classmates. Yeah, he cited one insta- uh, uh, instance in which Dylan walked in on about 100 kids trying to scramble up the staircase, but he didn't shoot at them or throw a pipe bomb. Um, This image is sort of juxtaposed in the book to Eric who who's running around just sort of tossing bombs willy-nilly and having a gay old time. It's pretty much the Joker in the final scene of that movie. He's just dancing around shooting people and throwing explosives with a smile on his face. Yeah. 
Ooh, and we also see the classic there were more shooters reported narrative. Um, that always happens. This one was now, pretty, pretty good, though, because the number, usually it's two people and they say three. In this one, they said six to eight, which well, is usually a bit off. There's usually never even two. Uh, it's usually just people in other parts of the building hearing gunfire delayed. But there were actually two this time, so I could see people thinking three. But yeah, six to eight means you had some pretty stupid fucking people giving that information. No, the explanation for this one is actually kind of easy. It's um, our officers are retarded. Oh, we'll get to that. That that is a hundred percent true. But no, it was uh, Eric and Dylan were wearing like a bunch of like layers of clothes. They had the trench coats on. They had other shit. Mm-hmm. So. Kids were calling in to report to 911, and one kid would call and say, like, I saw a guy in a black trench coat. And then someone would call and say, like, I saw a guy in a fucking vest. And then they, someone would call and say, I saw a guy in a white t-shirt. Mm-hmm. And it was all the same person, but they all got attributed to different people. Yeah, it's just yeah. them taking their fucking, like, jackets off. Easy way to blend in with the crowd. Yeah. So that happened. Um... About, now, I didn't know this, seven minutes into the shooting is when the first cop, Deputy Gardner, engages Eric, and then two minutes later, re-engage with the addition of Deputy Smoker, which is a solid cop name, uh, who was a motorcycle cop that had showed him, uh, shown up on the scene. So within seven minutes of shooting starting, they got cops there who could have done something. Yeah, it's not the best response time, but it's not terrible. Seven minutes is pretty good. Yeah, I mean, to get to show up and engage with the shooter in seven minutes. It's better than one would have expected for them being caught off. Now, weren't they tipped off by the bombs? Not that they went off, but that people reported them? Uh, no, not that I'm aware of. I think it was just people calling 911 saying there was people shooting because i vaguely remember them the bombs being reported first because they put them there first obviously no i i don't have i don't have anything about that in here it's possible but um now unfortunately after the cops engaged the two uh eric and dylan retreated back into the building and even though these two officers could hear gunshots and explosions um they kind of just followed protocol at the time, which was to set up a perimeter. He had a wait. So the shooting starts at 1119 to uh, 11.24 and 11.26. The cops engage him. And then after that, the next time the cops would fire on or advance on Eric and Dylan wasn't until just before noon. So they essentially just let him do whatever for 30 minutes. You know, that's the smart way to handle it. Just let them shoot themselves out until they're tired. Well, even more, yeah, it is kind of like letting a boxer punch himself out. Yeah. Like, oh, they'll, they'll run out of bullets uh, or something. He'll be tired soon enough. And so they set up this perimeter, and eventually the perimeter consists of literally hundreds of officers from 35 law enforcement agencies, which you would think at some point someone would be like, hey, you want to, like, go in? Like, does one of the several hundred of you want to maybe go do something about this? 
but the answer is no. Uh, eventually, Jefferson County Sheriff John Stone was put in charge, and he decided to, uh, bravely, might I add, he decided to uh, maintain the perimeter, much to the chagrin of the SWAT team that seemed to, um, you know, actually like want to stop the kids from getting murdered. They're the ones ready for war. No, they did. You got to do the brave thing, maintain the perimeter. SWAT does eventually make its first approach at about noon, uh, using a fire truck as rolling cover. There's footage of this. That's that's pretty famous footage where the SWAT team is sneaking in behind the truck. Mm-hmm. Um, of the 12-man SWAT team, sta- uh, six stayed back to sort of provide suppressive fire. Six entered the building. Additional SWAT arrived around that uh, the time the six were enter- entering the building and followed them in. This occurred at 12.06. So we're talking 50 minutes after the beginning of the incident. Now, there was a slight problem with the SWAT team entering the school. Um, they were unaware that Columbine had been remodeled, and they thought they were entering at the cafeteria where Oops. the kids were. Turns out uh, the cafeteria was on the other side of the building. So Sounds about right. Yeah, the cops, that's, uh, that's oopsie number two. Mm-hmm. Um, so on the other side of the building where the shooting was actually going on, firefighters were staging a rescue to get the injured, uh, children who were sort of like splayed out on the lawn out front, uh, outside the cafeteria. Bleeding out. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, deputies set up to provide cover, uh, as they went to do this, Eric popped up in the second story library window and fired on the group and disappeared again. Dylan sort of followed his lead here and fired shots at the cops as well. Um, it's not for certain, but people kind of use, view this as a suicide by cop attempt by Eric and Dylan. Yeah, they didn't exactly have an escape plan, really. Well, so that's the thing. They they were so far off in chess, they would say off book, Uh like, their plan had gone so fucking horribly wrong, they never expected to have to kill themselves. They were 100% mm-hmm. sure the cops were going to be the ones to do it. Um, now, anyways, those paramedics did manage to save three students out, uh, who were there and then left behind one who they uh, pronounced dead. And the SWAT team that fucked up did eventually make their way to the correct side of the building uh, 30 minutes later. I don't know if the building was uh, 30 miles long and it took them that long to drive over there, but it seems a bit late. And then the SWAT team attempted to rescue the same people the firefighters had just rescued. So, Oopsie number three. This is how you know it was the first time this had really happened in a while. Oh, yeah. And then finally, at 1.15, two fucking hours after the shooting had started, a second SWAT team charged the building and managed to get into the proper area, the cafeteria, completely missed the duffel bag bombs the boys had planted, and... <laughs> And then this is when things kind of went awry with the media. Um, Word got out that the shooting was a hostage situation. Mind you, this is at one fifteen. I don't want to step on anything. The boys killed themselves at 12.08. So we're now, we're now an hour after they had killed themselves. Fake news gonna fake news. So, uh... 
this was the first like big hostage situation or shooting where cell phones existed. So you had kids calling in and being interviewed by like piece of shit news channels and the cops had to tell them to like, Hey, knock it the fuck off. You're going to get one of these kids killed. And then one of the Yankers, he, he had a great quote. Hold on. Where was it? Um, he, his quote was, uh, if you're watching kids, turn the TV off or down at least. <laughs> hey, man, this is a great footage. I'm not giving this up. Oh, fuck no. CNN CNN had a fucking field day with this. Of course. So they described the, uh, CNN described the trench coat mafia as goths, gays, outcasts, and a street gang. Getting a quote from one student who said, quote, they're kind of, I don't know, like goths sort of like, and they're like associated with death and violence a lot. <laughs> um, Hard hitting. <laughs> other reports also stated that the trench coat mafia was a death cult composed of homosexual goths. It's who, oddly specific. Who had made a death pack for the year 2000. Oddly, oddly um, specific. The gay theme continued after the shooting. Uh, students started reporting that Eric and Dylan were, quote, fags and had been seen holding hands in the hallway and groping each other. Well, Diane, we have reports <laughs> that they've been fucking each other in the ass vigorously. We have reports that the two boys are, quote, faggots. Anonymous sources inside the building <laughs> say they are indeed pole smokers. Even uh, our good friends at the Westboro Baptist Church made a sign saying, two filthy fags slaughtered 13 people at Columbine High. Wow, you gotta blame it on someone. Your friends over at uh, Drudge, Drudge said that... Uh, this was in his early days. He said that the Trenchcoat Mafia was a gay conspiracy to kill jocks. I've never had reason to doubt the man before. <laughs> Back gay... then, his his webpage was top of the line. It was again. It hasn't changed since. Why change what's worked since 1999? A gay conspiracy to kill jocks. Look, the man, world the... has changed a lot in the last 20 years. The gays have done a lot of crazy shit. The only real sad thing is Alex Jones wasn't quite Alex Jones yet. So, Folks, there's a gay conspiracy out there. These kids are shooting up schools because they're, they're being, wearing faggy trench coats. <laughs> their morals are being degraded by the cum in their ass. And trying, trying to shoot football players. Um, so as I mentioned, uh, the, the slight problem with the cops not doing anything until uh, 1.15 is the kids had already been dead for a fucking hour. So uh, they, they weren't exactly helping. But to quickly wrap up the actual timeline of uh, events here. The infamous library massacre occurred between 11.29 and 11.36. And this is where most of the killing occurred. Ten people were killed there and 12 were injured. Um, it's also where the well-known but oft-misattributed interaction between Valine Schnur and Klebold occurred. Uh, this is the interaction where Klebold asked if she believed in God, and then she said she did. Um, the part the news left off of that is Klebold's response when she said she did was, why? God is gay. Which <laughs> is a very 90s response. That's pretty, it's pretty on point, I suppose. So this interaction, until I read this book, I, I still thought it was this chick. This interaction had long been attributed to a girl named uh, Cassie, and she was used as like a Christian martyr as she had 
uh, you know, died, not denying her her God. She wouldn't step on the Bible? Yeah, it wasn't until later when uh, Valine came out and said she was the one who actually had that conversation with Klebold that the uh, narrative shifted. Um, Well, while we're on Cassie, let's... Let's go down uh, the the Cassie side road here. It was a. It's an, She's not even real. <laughs> it's it's an interesting uh, side mission. I saw her in season three, episode twelve of Friends, and you can't tell me otherwise. Oh, it does get interesting. So, Cat Cassie, uh, when her diaries were found, turns out she was into all kinds of like occult shit, and had written about murdering her parents and committing suicide to avoid getting arrested. Uh, that doesn't sound very Christian. She she had tried to kill herself by slitting her wrists and then beating her fucking head against a sink. She wrote in her diary, I cannot explain in words how much I hurt. I don't know how to deal with this hurt, so I physically hurt myself. Thoughts of suicide obsessed me for days, but I was too frightened to actually do it, so I compromised by scratching my hands and wrists with a sharp metal file until I bled. That's not a compromise for death. <laughs> you gave yourself a scratch? That's not middle ground. Well, don't don't give up on the last too quickly. Cassie did eventually have her sort of a come-to-Jesus moment. She she got sent to a Christian. She Christ- came to Jesus? She did. She she rubbed one That's out to Jesus. That's definitely not Christian. <laughs> she went on a Christian retreat and came back a, a changed girl and went on to live happily ever after until her brains were blown across the fucking library floor. Like 99% happily ever after. <laughs> yeah, mostly happy. Um, So what actually happened when Cassie was killed, and this is according to a girl named Emily who was under the table with her, was uh, they were both hiding. Cassie sat there praying. Uh, Eric poked his sawed-off shotgun under the table and just fucking blew her brains out. No uh, no words were exchanged between the two. Also kind of funny, uh, as funny as blowing a child's brains out in a it's library can funny. be. It's pretty it's funny. It's pretty funny. But it gets funnier. Um, Eric didn't really like know how to hold his guns, so when he went and shot her, the gun kicked back and hit him in the face and broke his nose. I mean, there's a reason they had that much time and only took out that many people. Yeah, they were not good. I don't Um, mean to brag, but if you gave me that much time, I'm going to kill everyone in that fucking school. The book had talked about how, like, Eric had kind of practiced doing shit to look cool. Kind of like natural born killers. Like, he had practiced... Get under the table. Exactly. He had practiced, like, drawing his weapons in cool ways and shit, but... Do you believe in God? The actual, uh... Why? God's gay. <laughs> yeah, the actual, um... <sighs> sort of carrying out of the mission, they, they, uh... Didn't really put too much, uh, work into preparing that. I'd love to just see the brief scene if, like, they just flash and then they're in front of God at the pearly gates and he's like, Gay, huh? Huh? Mm. Gay, huh. am I? <laughs> gay, really? Oh, okay, okay. You want to stick with that Dylan? You want to see gay? Hey, hey, <laughs> Lucifer, you got the dildo still? <laughs> um, well, so, Eric gets his nose broken, which I, Cassie's prayers were like uh, one-third answer. She she died, but her killer She should have just offered to, like, blow him. That's what I do. She would have stopped a rampage right there. Every time I get in trouble for anything, I just offer to blow the guy. You know how much <laughs> adrenaline that kid must have had running through his veins? He probably wouldn't have been able to help himself. So, uh, 
this Tazzy story kind of puts Emily in a shitty position because shortly after the shooting, the rumor of Cassie's interaction uh, comes out and Cassie becomes sort of like an icon of faith and a Christian martyr. And someone sour in toast. And and yeah, like <laughs> she got to that level. She was like responsible for a lot of teenagers going back to church and shit. And Emily didn't want to sort of shit all over that parade by being like, hey, that shit didn't happen. So what you're telling me is that this was a false flag by the Christian right. Yes, absolutely. Okay. okay. Um, so Cassie's church and many others declared her a martyr. Uh, Cassie's family was offered a book deal for a book titled She Said Yes, The Unlikely Martyrdom of Cassie Bernal. She Said Yes sounds like a, bol- a book about consent. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be the book for the Me Too movement. Yeah. That she is, Said Yes and then retracted it. That's a <laughs> horrible my book. <laughs> that's a horrible title for a book because, yeah, She Said Yes and then regretted it is pretty much like that's what the title sounds like. Um, So Cassie's mom starts working on the book. Eventually detectives find out what happened and uh, – decided to make her aware that her daughter hadn't actually died a martyr, which is kind of a shitty move. Your daughter never actually believed in God. Yeah, so, like... Your daughter actually hated you. It seems kind of shitty, but at the same time, the chick who actually did do it and didn't end up dead, I feel like she should have got some credit. Now, how much was the, how much of this was just CNN lying? Maybe Cassie never even existed. She was a have hologram. We, have we confirmed CNN didn't make this up? Hey, there's only video of the uh, cafeteria. There's no video of the library. I know, this is pre-cell phones. You know how much video we'd have of this if it was in 2020? Those fucking kids would be TikToking that shit live. Ooh. So even though everyone knew it was a lie, Cassie's book goes on to sell over a million copies. Well, when has the lie ever stopped so, the book from selling? Yeah, if you ever want to write a book about a true event, fuck, just mo- lie. Most of the books in, like, the top ten are lies. All right, now, the boys do commit suicide. After the library, uh, Eric and Dylan... That's always my most disappointing part. Like, can't you at least try to get away? Try and shoot it out with the cops. See what happens. Because if you think it's dope getting to kill all those fucking cool kids... Imagine how dope it would be to be on the run for, like, three days. And then you die in a shootout. The Boston Bombers kind of did that. They, uh... Yeah, but they were Muslim. I don't like them. <laughs> they, they, I'm they trying tried. to support white crime here. You're trying to support, uh, white nationalists? <laughs> uh, white crime white, matters. White okay? crime. Look, I'm just saying they could have dreamed bigger. Nobody... No one ever comes up with an exit plan. When did everybody turn into a kamikaze? I think they were so dejected by the fact that their bombs didn't work that they just didn't know what to do with themselves. I'm going to be honest, that would probably demoralize me quite a bit, because the bombs were going to be the big finale. Well, so, yeah, let's talk about that briefly. Um, After the library, the boys went to the science department and then back to the cafeteria where the uh, CCTV caught Eric shooting the propane tanks on the shitty bombs he built in an attempt to try and get them to detonate. Um... Nobody knew you could have just put a fucking crock pot in screws. So, Kleepold, uh, he did manage to use a Molotov cocktail to ignite the fuel attached to the bomb, but all that did was trigger the fire sprinklers and it got put out. See, this is the problem, is people always overthink it. You can just get gasoline. Gasoline is pretty much retard-proof. 
put fucking fire near it and it goes boom. Yeah, they could just burn the school down or something. Yeah, it didn't fi- have to be a bomb. Fires are wildly destructive. Yeah, although especially it turns out the uh, the sprinkler system works. So. Well, especially and look, I'm not saying I planned this, but I've considered it a few times on how I would do it. If you get everybody locked down in a classroom, you could easily pour gasoline around that whole school and burn everyone alive inside. Now that is how you get out in fashion. A giant fire? Yeah, with everybody dead. So why were the bombs so shitty? Uh, Bombs be hard to make. As I mentioned, uh, they did save the assembly of the big ones until day of. And also, Eric, he actually almost says exactly what you just said in his uh, journal. He just straight up says that big bombs are hard. Bombs is Um, tough. And then... Now, I don't remember from my recollection of the book why... In particular, they left it until the day of. I don't know if they had, like, a tough test coming up, but... Money. It, I think it was kind of the same reason they couldn't get ammo. Well, the, the I ammo mean, I was guess, they couldn't find someone. I guess, yeah, if you're trying to, like, solder a bomb and shit, like, yeah, that's probably going to get expensive. Once again, gasoline is very cheap. I believe the boys even asked for an advance on their paycheck at the pizza place they worked in order to fund, like, the last little parts of this. What do you guys need this money for? Video games. <laughs> yeah, uh, definitely not murder. No, no, we're not going to shoot up the school. Uh, so shortly afternoon is when they return to the library, and this is when the aforementioned uh, shootout with the cops occurred through the window. And then by 12.08, both Dillick, uh, Dillick, Dylan and Erica killed themselves. Uh, Harris with his shotgun through the roof of his mouth. And Dylan went down on his knees and used his Tech 9 to shoot himself in the left temple. He got on his knees to shoot himself? What a fag. Yeah, it was a little... That's pretty gay. Are you sure he didn't blow the other kid before he did it? He did blow his brains all over him. I I think it was uh, Eric ended up with, like, Dylan's brain matter all over his pants. See, that's when I would have just put both guns on the other kid and then, like, shot myself in the leg. Been like, help, he shot me. See, that would have been quick thinking. That's that's all he had to do. That's all you need as a failsafe. If the bombs don't go off, I pin it on this retard. What's the point of having a useful idiot if you're not going to use him? So the final numbers. uh, 188 rounds of ammunition were fired, with Harris firing twice as much as Dylan. That sounds like a word problem. I should have just wrote down how much each of them shot. But what was his hit ratio? Their hit ratio was terrible. But uh, who had a higher one? I think was he Eric like... killed more. Okay. But they only killed, they killed 15 people and injured 24. Well, that's what I'm saying. If you give me two hours, I'm going to kill everyone in that building. Oh, I take it back. They injured 24 people, um, and 21 of those were coming from gunfire. So it's a possibility that one of their shitty uh, pipe bombs may have injured one to three people. So that's probably because they just got hit in the head with a pipe. <laughs> yeah, it's probably yeah. It's like uh, just chucking a fucking metal pipe at them. Yeah, those the are, explosives those... had nothing to do with it. You could fuck them up pretty good with just a, a metal pipe. Now the secondary timeline to this whole thing is while the shooting was going on, uh, a sort of whole tangled web of events was unfolding. Um, the boys' friends, Nate Dykeman. Who was? Uh, yeah, I know. Hey, there's a lot of unfortunate <laughs> names in this story. He's got to um, live with that name for the rest of his life. 
so he was friends with them and he had noticed when they didn't show up to school and then he started to get word of the shooter's description on the news. He kind of put two and two together and realized it was probably them. Uh, he called Dylan's house knowing that uh, Dylan's dad would be home. And when he told his father that the shooters were wearing trench coats, Tom Klebold went to go check Dylan's closet and realized his trench coat was missing. And shortly after this is when you get the famous audio of Tom calling the police and snitching on his own son. Um, now, the next thing Tom did, which was a little bit weird after he called the police, is he then called a lawyer, um, which... I mean, I guess smart move, but it seems like an odd move to make at the time. It's a little little weird. As a side note, uh, Nate was not the only friend to snitch. Chris Harris knew his friends had been fucking around with pipe bombs and was uh, home playing Nintendo when he saw the news break and immediately called the cops to say it was probably Eric and Dylan. And was so happy he stayed home that day. Nintendo saves lives. Fuck yeah. While the shooting was still underway, the initial investigation began as uh, lead investigator Kate Batten had dispatched teams to secure the homes of Dillick and Eric. I keep saying Dillick. That's their uh, relations, celebrity yeah, that's re- their relationship. Benifer. Yeah, <laughs> that's Dillick. Dillick. I'm such a big fan of Dillick. They're my fave. Uh, so she sent officers to secure Dylan and Eric's homes. Uh, Eric's parents tried to refuse them entry. And the police uh, report noted they were uncooperative. Wasn't his dad military, though? So, like, wasn't he not a dummy? Ah, uh, fuck. I don't remember which one's his dad. What, Eric, yeah, I believe Eric's dad yeah. was military. So police find everything they fucking needed at Eric's house. They they found... Uh, oh, a, the boys took notes. Copious notes. Yeah, they found a sawed-off shotgun. They found ammo. They found the anarchist cookbook. They find bomb ingredients. Now, why would you not bring all of your ammunition? Uh, I guess there's only a certain amount you can hold, and they planned on the bombs working. Once again, they didn't yeah, plan on fuck. shooting that many people. Oh, those bombs really fucked them. So when the investigators started to go down to the basement, Kathy, who's Eric's mom's, told <laughs> she told them, like, hey, don't go down there. Um, no, nothing to see down there. <laughs> yeah. No, nothing at all. Uh, both parents also expressed concern that the victim's families may retaliate. No which, fucking shit. They're going to sue you into oblivion. Which, once again, can we pause for a second? Because, like, what the fuck is wrong with these parents? You just found out your kids killed, possibly at the time, it could have been 40 other children. And their big thing is like, oh, my God, I will never. They Joe Exotic did yeah, I will, I will never, never recover from this financially. Yeah, they they fucking Joe Exotic uh, Columbine within minutes. Those boys are going to shoot every kid in that school and take everything I have, so help me God. <laughs> They're going to shoot my tigers. That bitch Dylan Klebold. <laughs> this bitch Carol Baskins and Dylan Klebold, they shot all my tigers. When... Uh, when the police hit the Klebold home, it was a bit different. Dylan's parents were more cooperative and communicative. Um, let's just and blame, laid out what they knew. Let's blame Carol Baskins for this. How <laughs> can down. we pin this Hashtag on her? Carol Baskins did uh, Columbine. Cops, uh, also the Klebold resident, cops find pipe bombs, which supposedly shocked his dad. Um, 
as he considered himself closer to his son and insisted his son was fine. He must have Which, sucked. once again, great move. Your kid just kills a bunch of people, like, and they find pipe bombs on your home. You know what? No, I'm actually pretty sure he's fine. No, no, there's nothing wrong. Yeah, that dude must have sucked in the military. All right, here's another uh, sidebar. Kid named Patrick Ireland. He's uh, There's footage of a bloody kid falling out of the library window and being rescued by SWAT. Uh, I thought it was like the 9-11 dude who jumped out of the tower. No, not that. Uh, so the, the kid who fell out of the library window is Patrick Ireland. Uh, the book goes into a lot of detail explaining what was going on with his parents and shit at the time. But the only thing I took away from it was Dave Cullen felt a very strong need to convey that somebody that gets shot in the head with a shotgun was in danger. Like yeah. he, re- he really, he really took a lot of the book to hammer home the point, like that getting shot in the head is bad. I spoke to multiple medical medical experts who said a bullet to the head is no bueno. Yeah. So everyone listening, just know if you are shot in the head with a shotgun, please call nine one one. Yeah, you do need medical attention. Uh, the story of Patrick made a little more sense as I finished up the book. Is is um. He kind of continues back to Patrick's story as a story of recovery and kind of like a timeline. Yeah, for, the, cripple, for, the crippled kid. Yeah, so eventually um, Patrick bounces back, graduates valedictorian. Um, so maybe getting shot in the head makes you smarter. I mean, it definitely gets you sympathy votes. Like if you if you sit in toxic waste, you become a superhero. So maybe if you get shot in the head. To fucking, all my fellow graduates. <laughs> Today is a special day. Yeah, uh, and he couldn't, uh, I do do believe he lost use of, like, one of his limbs. He got shot in the fucking head. Of course. And, according to Dave, if you get shot in the head, it's not good. It's very unhealthy. (laughs) It's very bad. Um, Back to the story. Uh, In in further police uselessness, um, in the police timeline of things, they have this whole mess being wrapped up at around 3.15. So about three hours, actually, after it actually ended. Um, the shooting portion had lasted 49 minutes, but the police version of events lasted about four hours. And once lead detective Batten found out who the shooters were and ran their names, she found both had recently been through a juvenile diversion program as punishment for breaking into a van to steal electronics... She also found out one of the boy's friends, Brooks, um, <laughs> Brooks's parents had filed a complaint about death threats Eric had made towards Brooks and printed out 10 pages of Eric's website that was just essentially murderous rantings. Yeah, boys will be boys. Yeah, so once again, not a good look for the cops. Uh, more not a good looks. Sheriff Stone had stayed during the initial press conference uh, he he made the classic fuck up of stating there were twenty five dead instead of the actual number, which was fifteen, and additionally said there were three shooters. It's that, always good to make it seem like more people died. Yeah, he. This may have been my favorite part. He also stated the weapons used were automatic, and then quickly followed that up with, "I don't know anything about the weapons." <laughs> well, so it's he just always goes, good <laughs> when the cops don't even know anything about. The guns. Yeah, so he just goes, uh, the weapons were automatic. I don't know anything about the weapons. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. How's an automatic work? What's oh, a gun? Oh, I guess these weren't automatics. No, I don't know. They were guns of some sort. I don't know. They shot. 
So people, of course, come out and start criticizing the police for their fucking response time of four hours. Well, hey, technically the response time was seven minutes. It just took them four hours to decide what to do. Yeah. So when people start criticizing it, the the response, criticizing response time, the police came out and said within 20 minutes of the first call, a SWAT team had entered. Um, They later had to walk that back. It meant the actual time was 47 minutes after the first call. And that's when they entered the wrong part of the building. Whoops. Oh, and it was another 30 minutes after that they entered the right part of the building. So actually an hour and a half, not 20 minutes. How the fuck could they not tell where this shit was coming from? Uh, <laughs> I know. They're fucking retarded. We really need to train these people better. Jesus Christ. A veteran cop descri- described... Described I- a wabbit that I'm going to get. <laughs> it's a wabbit hunting season. Speaking of people whose guns have been taken away... They took away my AR-15. We picked a bad day for me to have a heavy reading episode, because apparently I'm just fucking retarded today. I'm going to shoot all the wabbits in this school. Where the fuck was I? Oh, a veteran cop described the uh, SWAT response as pathetic, and the police further dug themselves a hole by placing that officer on leave and ordering he undergo a fitness for duty evaluation. Once again, after public backlash, they then... Backpedaled that a few days later. Um, It'd be funnier if he had to do like ESPN post games. Well, <laughs> wasn't our best showing today. Uh, we're gonna have to look over the film and see what went wrong look, here. They had a good. They outcoached us today. Look, <laughs> those, look, those look, two seventeen-year-olds outcoached us. Look, those kids came in. They they played hard. They left it all out there on the court. <laughs> they had uh, a game plan that uh, they. You gotta respect that type of determination, and uh, we'll do better next time. They executed uh, fifteen people. <laughs> they God, executed their game plan and people. God bless you, and God bless America. Uh, after the shooting, Eric and Dylan's friends kind of start wigging out, uh, Robin Anderson, who had bought the guns for them, and their other friend, uh, Zach Heckler, had sort of been, uh, uh, Zach had been fucking around with them making the pipe bombs, both decided, uh, to maybe not bring up their respective transgressions, uh, transgressions. Yeah, once I realized, once I realized I was accessory to murder, I'd probably be like, oh. Shit. Now, on the other hand, their friend, friend, and scare quotes, I say... They didn't have any friends. Chris Morris kept snitching like a motherfucker. He was the one who called the police as soon as he saw it on TV. He was taken to the police station to continue his uh, fucking 6 9 snitching spree. He talked about how Dylan and Eric had recently been talking about a plan to cut power to the school and put PVC bombs with screws for shrapnel at the exits. Um... Chris's hardcore sort of snitching session led the cops to figure out if the killers had been blabbing to one friend, they're probably blabbing to some other ones, too. Turns out they were blabbing to everyone. Yeah, the cops eventually questioned everyone close to Eric and Dylan, and all the kids uh, came clean, which I guess is good, and the cops couldn't come up with... uh, anything they could charge them with. Look, the cops look so bad in this scenario that... You can tell them what you did. They're not going to charge anyone. Oh, they'll look worse. Don't worry. Yeah. The cops will look worse so before at, this is over. So in this one, you might as well just be like, yeah, I helped them. You guys also waited four hours. Yeah, so it seemed like Eric and Dylan, uh, besides all like the obvious clues they left behind at their houses and shit, they actually hadn't really told their friends of the plan to shoot up the school. It would have been hard to solve that equation. Like if your friend's making pipe bombs... 
and illegally buying weapons. Look, I'm and I'm not. My a, voice just cracked too. I'm fucking falling apart. I'm not a genius here, <laughs> but those would would make Full me have. Stop. Those would make me have a few questions. Uh, one, these are way bigger than fireworks. Why are we using metal pipes? Yeah. Uh, Two, why are you trying to make napalm in your backyard? Yeah, the napalm. Now, I don't know. Maybe that's just a stupid kid thing. I could probably sell the napalm. Just as like, I wanted to see what Vietnam was like. But uh, <laughs> I don't know about the... Then the buying illegal guns is like, well, you're obviously not going to do anything good with those. Now, this this next part was also interesting to me because it was something I'd never really considered. It's what... Uh, what do you do if you're the parent of one of these kids uh, who call, does all call, the shooting? You call a lawyer. Uh, pretty much. So parents of both shooters ended up hiring lawyers very quickly and with good reason. In a Gallup poll conducted shortly after the attack, the parents were blamed for the attack by 85% of the general population. Eric and Dylan didn't even make the list of who was to blame for the attack. Um, well, obviously, they had nothing to do with it. <laughs> no. Both families avoided the press, but each put out the essential, like, uh, thoughts and prayers. Everybody's grieving. Now, these parents didn't help themselves a ton in the press. They came off as uh, contentious, if I remember correctly. They weren't media trained. As in, they weren't going to say it was all their fault? Yeah, they, uh... This was the gun's fault. So 15 people, uh, they did organize a funeral for Dylan. 15 people showed up. Over half of those people were clergymen and their so, wives and Dylan's parents. Someone um, should have shot up the funeral. They, they, they kind of did it on the low so no one could. They haven't cremated and kept his ashes at the house because they knew his gravesite would be, like, constantly fucked with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some kids would have had some fun with that. And then news of what the Harrises uh, did with Eric's remain never have leaked. Because he wasn't dead. So, now that, if he went Tupac, he just disappeared to the Elvis Tupac Island. Have you seen his body? I haven't. So, after they did all that, they shut the fuck up, which is a good move. Uh, the Harrises eventually broke their silence. Kathy Harris wrote condolence letters to the families of those that had been killed. I wish he had I don't killed know more. How, yeah, I don't know how you write that, Larry. Like, uh, dear so-and-so, I'm sorry... My son shot your son in the fucking head. Uh, please yeah. accept this fruit basket. Please don't. As a token of our, our apology. Please don't sue me. Uh, those letters she wrote, though, ended up getting seized by police as evidence and were never passed along. Uh, uh, no one ever realizes when you're guilty to just not do anything. The Klebolds also broke their silence eventually in the form of a... a, a Apology, Sue Klebold wrote letters to each of the 13 victims' families. Her letter was essentially, uh, we're sorry your kid is dead, whoopsie doodle on us for not figuring out our son was a murderous monster. She has a TED Talk you can go watch about uh, really? her son. Yeah, yeah, about uh, her son being killer. I watched that they a few days ago. They really do just give those to anyone. Yeah, she she's like a traveling speaker now. This is like her gig. This is how my son killed everyone at his school. Yeah, uh, that's what her job now. a school shooter? I can tell you how. For she just five ninety nine a month. She wrote a book. She did all that shit. She started a pyramid scheme for school shooters. Pretty much. Um, that's pretty rad. Hey, if your kid's gonna kill people, you might as well profit off of it. 
and speaking of profit, both families did have to pay out to the victims, but get this, their homeowner's insurance covered it. Some bomb-ass insurance. I have no idea under what circumstances a homeowner's insurance would have like if your kid goes on a murderous rampage i'd love to read we'll the also cover that i'd love to read the clause it was probably something along the lines of like some extraordinary event out of the homeowner's control and they somehow swindled the insurance company into being like no 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 see this is that nope covered right here yeah so i don't i don't know how that works but uh 1.6 million dollars was divided amongst the 31 families that however, is not enough money no that is not, not nearly enough however five families didn't take the money they had stupid morals and shit and wanted answers and they got what they wanted in the form of a hearing in which eric and dylan's uh parents would be forced to answer all questions under oath, but these answers were not to be made public. Couldn't they get both money and answers? Why is one of those exclusive of the other? I think uh, as part of the money deal, it was fuck off if you take this money. Yeah, but you could still just sue them in financial court. So the, uh, the deposition actually didn't happen until fucking 2003, and those transcripts almost got destroyed in 2007. Oh, how convenient that would have been. But people fought, and those transcripts will now be released in 2027. Supposedly. So hang in there, folks. In seven years, we'll have an update episode. We'll finally know what happened. Yeah, it, we'll, we'll hear it straight from the parents' mouths. Until they decide those need to be classified again for another 20 years. Uh, wrapping up part one, let me see some, some other interesting tidbits that showed up as a result of, uh, searching the two boys rooms. Dylan had wiped his hard drive. So tons of gay porn, <laughs> yes, just, just all gay, child pornography, gay porn all over the place. So there, you couldn't glean much from Dylan's computer. Eric, on the other hand, had fucking diagrams and memoirs explaining everything. Yeah. In, this is, that's how you know he was. Smart, but he wasn't that smart. In his diary, Eric talked about his first memories of Dear being diary. enamored with fire. Like Today, I kill them all. <laughs> Fireworks primarily, but explosions in general were a focus of his diary. Um, so he's the inspiration for the firework man. Ooh, we'll get into him in ooh. a different episode, but... So, of course, prior to the attack, a kid being infatuated with fire isn't that fucking weird, but... It's a little weird. Or a sentence like, guns, boy, I loved playing guns, doesn't sound bad at the time, but after you go on a shooting spree, it reads a little different. In hindsight, it's uh, a bit of a red flag. So that's that's pretty much it in terms of the event. I'll add some other facts here that I got during research, but I don't really feel like presenting a deep dive on the childhoods of the shooters um they essentially had more or less normal childhoods and just grew up to be really shitty bomb makers the end but, now um, if i do remember correctly the military dad was kind of an asshole as most military dads seem to be i think after your kid murders a bunch of people and you have to pay out 1.6 million dollars you're a little angry no i mean like uh <clears throat> in that kid's childhood from what i remember 
he handled everything with like a very military demeanor. Like when he would get in trouble, yeah. he would like document things they're and not, write out the different possibilities of how to punish Eric. And yeah, they're not fun people to live with, from what I hear. No, we'll we'll touch on that more in the second episode. Um, final few pieces of info: the kids put up numbers. I don't mean death wise; they did mediocre. At best, death-wise. They were more symbolic of ushering in the new era. Yeah. Uh, CNN and Fox charted the highest ratings in their history that week. And at one point, USA, uh, USA Today ran an edition of the paper with 10 separate Columbine stories in the same fucking issue. Look, there's a reason this inspired so many more shooters and a reason the media has been so rightfully critiqued for their handling of these situations because you made these kids into celebrities. That's not, a pretty fucking rad way to go out if you fucking hate the world and you're a loser. Not only the media, uh, on the people are generally garbage side of things, people start giving fucking bus tours, like what they do in Hollywood with celebrity homes, where I, they would drive... Like Columbine became a tourist attraction where everyone would hop on a bus and they'd go to Columbine to look at where all the kids died. Yeah, we were actually, we went to not the Columbine High School, but I was over in, uh, fuck, I was, what state that's in? Uh, Colorado. Colorado. We were in Colorado checking out some of the uh, dispensaries up there early on in the research. Uh, and we just like drove by and pointed at it and just <laughs> like, hey, hey, they died there. That, and that's then where all moving. the killing happened. Uh, what else do I have? Um, oh, I like this. The bomb squad took apart the failed, uh, bombs, the big ones, obviously the, the pipe bombs worked. Um, thank God they're dead. So they don't see how bad a job they did. They described the bombs as quote, a complete mess. And that the maker quote, didn't understand electrical circuitry was clearly retarded. They did, however, give some credit for the idea of the bombing and the location of the bombs, because investigators stated that if those bombs had worked, the boys probably would have killed at least 500 people in a matter of seconds. Yeah, they would have they would have wiped out like half that city. So had they hit that number, that would have been more than the 10 worst domestic terrorist attacks in U.S. history. Combined. That, would have been, that would have been worse than Paddock. Yeah, that would have been huge. Yeah, yeah the bomb, it was a, it was a brilliant plan. They just didn't execute it properly. One last addendum, and then maybe we move on to part two here. Um, around a year after the attack, compassion fatigue began to set in, and people were getting sick of hearing about these fucking whiny parents boohooing about their murdered children. I'm so fucking tired of hearing these parents Just whine about their kids. shut up already. Oh, God, we get it. Your kids are dead. All right. Jesus Christ, move on. The Denver Post accused uh, families of milking the tragedy. You're just trying to get a book deal. They had already received money and donations. What more could these greedy people want? Um... I guess I wanted to toss that in there to show that people gave no consideration to the grieving process. It was pretty much like, your kid's dead, here's some money, um, fuck off and stop bitching. Look, what do you want me to do, like resurrect the dead? So that's that's the event. Uh, in part two, we'll go into a little bit of the, the FBI profiling of Eric and Dylan and uh, some more background. But that's uh, that's our, our starting point. They're in a better place on <laughs> your mantle. Yeah. Huh. 
We have no idea where Eric is. It's a mystery. Because he's like, not dead. Clearly. Carmen San Diego. Uh, he was too smart. He had an escape plan. You know, he might be Q. I don't know what happened at the end of Natural Born Killer, so I don't know. I think the dude gets <laughs> caught. I think they both die. But Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, I guess Mamba out for the first part, but uh, we'll be back shortly. Yeah, Mamba out. <laughs>